HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American international style and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Anne Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Anne Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Anne Saxelby. Broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. And this week, we are happy to be joined by Johnny Hunter, who is a founding member of the Underground Food Collective. Uh, are you with us, Johnny? I am. How are you? Good, good. Great to hear from you. Good to, good to talk to you again. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm going to sing your praises just a little bit before we get into, you know, question and answer. Um, so, (laughs) so the underground food collective is a very interesting group of people in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, they, they are, as they say, a collective, there's no one person that's in charge of this group. Um, and they do a number of things, um, you know, uh, from, you know, dinners, um, at various locations around Madison and around the country, um, to, you know, uh, or helping organize bike tours. Um, they now have a restaurant, a very successful restaurant in Madison, um, a commissary kitchen from which they do lots of catering and a burgeoning charcuterie business as well. Um, so we're very excited to have you on and to learn more about all these ventures that you and your comrades have started over the years. Um, so most people, so let's start with the idea of like just the collective. I feel like most people, um, you know, entrepreneurial types would like think that's weird, you know, like the, the entrepreneur is like in charge of the business. Um, how do you guys come at it um, as a collective and how do you kind of make that work in your business? Yeah, uh, I think it's one of the more interesting things that we have going for us um, and maybe somewhat of an advantage sometimes, but uh, kind of initially... Uh, Wisconsin has pretty strong tradition of cooperatives 
businesses and cooperative uh, organizations. And so when we were starting up, like, you know, the idea of having a single person in charge seemed to be um, something that we didn't want. You know, we didn't, I think we had worked in, you know, galley kitchens where, you know, you had a head chef who took all the credit and, you know, a lot of other people working really hard who didn't get that. And mm-hmm. so we we decided that, you know, we wanted to spread that out. And uh, so we looked at other models and, um, you know, there's some businesses in Madison that have been around for a long time that have been pretty successful. So we were like, you know, let's use that kind of collective nature and get rid of a lot of the titles and, and roles that are normally associated with that and, you know, have a, a decision-making process that is that is one that is, you know, input is from the group rather than, you know, one person has the best idea, which has always kind of run against my my intuitions and the other people who we work with. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. I'm reading um there uh I'm reading Ari Weinzweig's book right now. Um he's one of the founders of Zingerman's in Ann Arbor and um it's called like the lapsed anarchist guide to being a better leader. And um, he tells this great story about um, back in like the 1800s, there was this group of anarchists out in the Pacific Northwest, and they're all on a boat. And um, there was like this, like, I don't know, kind of tension between them and like, you know, the local police force at large, um, just because, I don't know, the idea of anarchy or anarchists made people, I guess, unsettled. So the police came up to this boat and they said, who's in charge here? And they said, we're all in charge. <laughs> and we like, we're all, we're all the leaders. And it like caused this like crazy skirmish to happen because people just couldn't you know, they, they, they thought, Oh my God, these people are out of control. They, they're all, they all think they're the leaders. <laughs> they're, they're dangerous. <laughs> um, but I kind of love that story of like, you know, and, and it's, I feel like it makes for a much more successful organization because then everyone's, you know, creative, everyone's in the driver's seat of their own projects, their own vision. Um, and it allows it to be more rather than less. Yeah, I'd say, like, the main thing for us is, like, I mean, I worked in kitchens where, like, you know, you just would end up doing all this work that was, you know, mostly unappreciated, <laughs> but yeah. sometimes useless, you know? And uh, and so, you know, I just wanted to be in a situation where, you know, people who were like, hey, like, I think we should do it this way, and here's my reasons, and that would be really valued versus, you know some chef who learned how to do it from some chef else, you know, like that's just how it gets done, you know? So that, that was a lot of uh, inspiration is, you know, trying to raise the, the voices of people who are not, you know, necessarily in a position of power. Definitely. Definitely. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of your organization? Um, I mean, from kind of like a, a loosely, bound collective that would like host informal dinners and events um to what you guys are now can you talk a little bit about how you started and and where you've ended up yeah so the you know we started off um kind of catering the whole idea to begin with was to cater events for nonprofits, so to raise money for like nonprofit groups that we wanted to support um and so we did a couple of meals and events and stuff kind of around Madison and um, in kind of the South Central Wisconsin area that led, um, and, you know, we were really young at this point, maybe like 21, 22. Um, 
and you know, but we were working hard, and we had actually a, a really wonderful space that we could work out of. Like we had this coffee shop that was um, had a full kitchen, and we were running that as like an anarchist organization, kind of separately from what Underground is now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so like uh, so that kind of started, and then you know we wanted to pursue. You know, we started becoming interested in you know just doing some things as as a business too, is, you know, trying to make, like, hey, like, maybe we could, you know, some, figure out a way to make a living doing this. So, um, so we started catering originally, and that led to, uh, you know, a small business that we started up together. Um, but from there, uh, catering is somewhat closed, and, you know, you don't get to really pick your clientele. Right. And, and you kind of, you know, you're, you're cooking for two people who hire you, and you have a captive audience, but they might not really want to be there or care that much. So we wanted to do more things that were like open to the public. Um, and, and so that just kind of coincided, I, I want to say like 2006, 2007. And, you know, people were starting to do underground dinners and, you know, those things were happening. And so we started to do those in, around Madison a little bit. And, um, that became like a really great platform for us because we were able to do creative things and work with, uh, but with farmers to do growing, like, I mean, the first whole basis of everything was raising um, some heritage hogs and processing them all ourselves, even doing the slaughters and stuff, and then serving meals based off of that. So um, so we were able to work with smart farms to grow, like, something just for one event, you know, and, you know, a really different experience than a restaurant or catering. It's like, a, it's um, like an art piece, you know. Yeah. I feel like the lines between yeah. art and everything else are constantly blurred, but that in particular, it's so beautiful, you know, spending all that time yeah. raising an animal for, and then having that experience of breaking it down and for the one event, you know, it's just a, it's a very beautiful um, sentiment, a beautiful act. Yeah, and it wasn't a full-time thing for, like, the catering company wasn't a full-time thing for us at that point, so... You know, but we, you know, we it would do enough so that we didn't have to work other jobs full time. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so yeah, so we, you know, you know, I remember going to picking up the feeder pigs and then building the fences and like, you know, dropping food off from leftover catering events for the hogs and stuff. And then you know, we did the fodder and the butchering ourselves. And then, uh, so yeah, so like, you know, that gained we get we gained a reputation at that point. You know, people were like. Oh, you know, you you don't only cater, you know, you actually, it's interesting. So, you know, short story, those, we started taking those, uh, did some in New York. Um, and that was pretty successful the first, the first time through. Like, I think, uh, Gourmet Magazine and the New York Times <laughs> wrote up the dinners we did as, like, you know, small web stuff, but like, the Gourmet Magazine one is actually one of my favorite pieces I've ever been written about us just because, uh, the, the author really talked about the farmer and kind of like he he articulated kind of his process so well during that dinner and then the, the writer um, talked about that. So yeah, we were kids and we weren't doing anything at this point in you know Gourmet Magazine. So we come to back back to Madison and like we're heroes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> after going to New York. That's so cool. It's like an artifact now to have you know something from Gourmet. Yeah, you can keep. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those, uh, yeah. And so, and since, I mean, so I feel like that's been something you guys have continued to do, um, these dinners in New York. I mean, you guys, um, have continued to do this like sort of traveling catering, um, or not catering, but dinner events. I don't know, whatever you want to call it along with your, 
your other things that are more kind of, um, you know, brick and mortar roots based in, in Madison. Um, yeah. Um, I would say actually we're not, you're not going to see that too much, <laughs> much for a little while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have um, plenty going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's funny because, uh, we did lose a, like, uh, kind of skip forward in the story. Uh, we, we had a restaurant that had a fire in 2011 and, uh, we had, done dinners the last dinner we had done was 2010 in, in new york um and so then we we no longer were doing the dinners because we're so busy with the restaurant and at, at the fire you know we re we quickly started that pop-up thing again you know mm, um, yeah C- keep the keep that, the spirit alive keep everybody keep everybody your team you know motivated and cooking and together yeah. and um so yeah, so we immediately did two in Madison, and then we did we went to New York three times in the next four months. Wow, five months. <laughs> um, and um, and so and that was the last time we've done like a a dinner that was you know kind of offsite that kind of thing was uh, spring of 2012, and uh, we took over Joseph Leonard for three days. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> and their their so, yeah. their restaurant group is Little Wisco, so that's that's perfect that you guys, you know, that's a great it's a good connection. Um well, I'm just looking we have reached the halfway point of our show, so we're going to take a very quick break and when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Johnny Hunter of the Underground Food Collective and we're going to get to our curd word of the week. So stay with us. Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. All right, and we are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. If you want to check out past episodes of Cutting the Curd or check out the other programs on the network, you can do so at heritageradionetwork.org. Um, and Sophie is going to lead off this next segment with our curd word of the week, which is a dorky cheese vocabulary segment <laughs> that we started a couple weeks back. All right, so this week's curd word is microflora. Technically, uh, microflora refers to just tiny plant life, but it's often used in cheese making and affinage to just refer to um, microscopic life that's kind of introduced during the aging process um, of a cheese with a natural rind. And microflora are microorganisms. Hey, we love microorganisms. <laughs> they, they, they they do they a lot of flavor. good work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, that's a perfect thing. Yeah, you guys, so Underground Food Speaking Collective of, yeah. has started a charcuterie operation, um, among its other, you know, lots of illustrious projects. Um, maybe we can start out talking about that. Um, what, what's, uh, 
Yeah, how'd you guys get into the charcuterie game? Um, yeah, it was something, you know, because we had started doing some things with pigs, you know, in like 2007 or something, we wanted, you know, we, we were looking at, you know, how to use whole animals and stuff. I think uh, I, I was actually a vegetarian up until right around 2005. I love those um, stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the things I you know, wanted to understand was just, like, you know, how the whole animal could be used so that, you know, it was done in, in a way that was, like, you know, re- less resource-intensive, you know, than, you know, I, I think, I always think about, like, you know, you have two small tenderloins on an animal, but, like, you know, most people's interaction with pork is pork tenderloin, you know, and so, like, and the, if you see a whole animal that you just, like, it's crazy, like, what happens to the rest of the animal? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And how are they only selling that part for seven ninety nine a pound or something? You know, right? Like, so um, anyway, so yeah, so we had started doing it. We just you know just basic stuff like really simple and such. And, um, and you know, it's a cool. It's cool. The state of Wisconsin has been really supportive of uh, small producers. And uh, the head of agriculture development at the Department of Ag approached us and said, "Hey, we know you guys are." doing some of this stuff um people are talking about it let's let's do it right and let's uh let's, we'll we'll kind of help you get this going and um that's amazing so a lot yeah because yeah. very few people are a lot of people are are doing it but very few people have the time or the resources or the knowledge to really set it up you know in the best way in the best practices mm. um yeah 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 there's a lot of food safety concerns. Um, it's a pretty safe process and, you know, definitely something that people should try at home. But if you're doing it on a commercial scale, you know, you need to think through some of the food safety issues in a way that, you know, a cheesemaker would. Um, and so, yeah, so, yeah, then the state uh, provided a decent amount of technical assistance. Uh, we got a pretty small producer grant um, to kind of help us get started. And then, um, and then the food safety side has been by far the most, uh, time-intensive investment side that the state has put in, and they've been really helpful on that. And I feel like I'm the only person who says that. Um, no, I mean that's really <laughs> that's really industry. I feel like um, uh, I feel like Vermont is sim- is similar to Wisconsin in its support of small producers. It realizes that kind of like that's what it's just as important, and especially like we were just talking on our our last show last week about a, a shift between you know people, food scientists, especially thinking about big industry versus small producers. And it mm-hmm. seems like there's definitely a shift. Um, big industry realizes that there's an opportunity or the food scientists, um, sorry, realize that there's an opportunity with small producers. It's actually like a good business opportunity for them as well to be able to kind of, you know, set up services for smaller producers. Cause there's just more and more. Um, yeah. So how and a lot of those big producers are set up, <laughs> you know, systems that are bad for small producers. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, or just kind of un- 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 untenable, you know. Not everyone can afford th- that equipment. Not everyone, you know, not everyone right. needs all that big equipment, you know. So if you just are, are able to do it on a, a smaller scale but more responsibly, you know, that's uh, that's great. Um, yeah. So how so how has it worked for you guys? So you... So you were doing a little bit here and there, and now with all with this grant and with the support of the state, can you sort of describe to our listeners what your charcuterie business looks like now or your charcuterie production? Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, back to like the whole animal thing. You know, we bring in, you know, I think we're doing about six hogs a week right now, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're the only producer that only uses whole animal, uh, kind of for the charcuterie. I think a lot of other people buy in shoulder meat or stuff like that, or or, or just the hams, you know, mm-hmm. and so. So we base our production off of whole animal, and uh, we've done, you know, pretty traditional European-style salamis um, that we're trying more and more to kind of develop uh, develop with, you know, kind of our roots in the Midwest. So, you know, we, we're starting to use flavors and ingredients. Like last year, um, we dehydrated like a 1,000 pounds of ramps and did a ramp salami, and uh, we have a goat salami. Uh, that comes from dairy herds here. We talked about that on the show before. Oh, which is so good. Yeah, I just got to try it the other day. It's delicious. Yeah, I, I, I got, thank you so much. I got to bring some of those back with me from Madison from the ECS conference um, the other week. And uh, yeah, they're really delicious. More people should eat goat. Yeah. Yeah. This year we harvested a bunch of spruce and then we're using like a Lambic style beer from Wisconsin too to do a new one too. So, you know, we keep within the European traditions a lot, but then now we're trying to kind of, I don't want to move like too crazy into like, you know, do a bratwurst. You're not, you're not going to see a bratwurst, uh, you know, salami from us, but you know, we're going to use ingredients from this area to try to define it. Um, but you did do a summer sausage, right? Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's good. You got to have one Wisconsin sausage in there. <laughs> <laughs> and we make lots of bratwurst, but, you know, we're not doing a bratwurst salami. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're doing, and we do whole muscle, like copa and some cutatello, and then, you know, lots and lots and lots of salami. So um, I guess I think we're really lucky in the sense that, you know, we have a butcher shop and uh, a restaurant and catering company, so, you know, we're, we're able to merchandise the animal throughout Throughout the network, company, kind so. of. Yeah, versus I think some other salami makers who have to, you know, that's all they're doing. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of outlets, a lot of a lot of audience in different places. Um, so just so our listeners kind of get the sort of grand breakdown. So you have um, your butcher shop, the underground butcher shop. Um, yep. Ha- and then you have your restaurant, which is called Four Quarter. Can I... Uh- I'm going to brag for a second, but we just got nominated as one of the best new restaurants in the country by Bon Appetit yesterday. You yeah. beat me to it. We were we had that as our next bullet. So yeah, that's oh, super super <laughs> awesome. No, it's it's better that you announce it. Congratulations and yeah, everyone can see the full list um, on the Bon Appetit website. But Four Quarter is the only Wisconsin restaurant that was nominated. So that's super awesome. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. very and cool. Four Quarter has been pretty awesome experience for us. Um, just because, you know, having lost a restaurant in a fire and kind of the uncertainty of that and opening a restaurant for the first time is a really difficult experience. <laughs> um, so being able to do it a second time and have it being a success kind of from the beginning and people really being excited to see us open again and and then kind of the national recognition that we've had through the restaurant, um, it's just really humbling and uh, kind of, you know, we work really hard and so seeing that pay off and, you know, showing off like the producers that we work with is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. That is really great. 
Um, well, anybody who's in the Madison area, definitely check out Four Quarter. Um, check out the butcher shop. Um, it's really, a, it's a great, um, they're both really great places. Um, so I was wondering, we've got a couple minutes left, and I wanted to talk about um, your uh, upcoming Kickstarter campaign, if that's okay. I know like Kickstarter is yeah. one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it until it's the moment, you know, because <laughs> when you release it, then you have to get all the interest. But maybe we can drum up a little, like, you know, a little interest beforehand so people can be anticipating it. Um, I, I feel like that's a very cool thing that you guys are doing. Yeah. Let, can, let me just break it down real quick. Uh, so... We, when we started this process, we didn't know how to write a HACCP plan. And if you're in this industry, uh, HACCP is kind of something that's really intimidating. And, um, and so we kind of worked from scratch and wrote up HACCPs and um, tried to figure it out for our, our, our salami company to kind of make sure that what we were doing was safe and stuff like that. Uh, just the format itself is difficult. And then once you get into kind of justifying why certain things are safe uh, is really difficult as well. So we're good. what we want to do is uh, take the HACCP that we have for Salami um, and get it validated by a third-party testing organization. So what that means is, like, uh, normally you can't just download a HACCP from a website. They're generally not out there, especially for Salami, and, and, and use it for your process. But we're if we have it validated by a third-party, then... Um, then it has a scientific justification that shows that it's safe. And uh, we're hoping to raise money with Kickstarter to pay for that, at which point uh, we'll release that through a Creative Commons license for any small producer or any restaurant in the country to use. Um, That's so and cool. I think that would be yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, and for our listeners, I believe HACCP is basically a safety plan for food businesses. I believe it stands for Hazard Analysis Critical Control Points. Yep. Um, it's yep. essentially a long-form, super in-depth checklist of how you ensure that your business and your production is safe. And it's really, really um, challenging and takes a lot of time and, and documentation. and documentation. Super, super careful documentation. So to have this knowledge publicly available would be just a first amazing super super helpful resource yeah i yeah. mean there's what, a reason what we found was that um other producers didn't want to share this information because they had spent forty thousand dollars they invest sure, so much yeah. money in it absolutely and so they're like nope this is our proprietary thing and yeah. uh yeah, yeah go figure it out for yourself um exactly so so if we crowdsource it you know, it's not, we don't have to make that money back on our um, intellectual property. That can just be an open process. And I, I'm really excited about it because if this would have been out there for us, we would have saved thousands and thousands of dollars. We would have saved so many hours. And I'm excited about other people not having to go through that process. <laughs> <laughs> karma, karma is a boomerang. So you have a yeah. lot coming your way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, this is, this is great. Well, actually, so we're out of time on the show, which is a bummer because I know we could talk for another hour, but hopefully in another couple months, we can just do another, another revisit and have you back on the show again. Yeah, for sure. I love it. And, uh, yeah, it's so awesome to be on this network and I'm having them 
yeah, Wisconsin cheese sponsoring it too is even more awesome. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's we're really really excited to be working with the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board, and I feel like you know, like you said, it's a cooperative. It's an example of that kind of infrastructure that exists in Wisconsin that just makes it a really great place um, to make food. So thank you again for being on the show. Oh, Underground Food Collective, do you want to give our listeners like a website um, where they can yeah. uh, follow your activities? Sure, just uh, undergroundfoodcollective.org. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook as well. Lots of good information there um, and kind of disseminated between the five different projects that we have going on. all right very good well thanks again johnny and uh we will be back next week with a fresh episode of cutting the curd great thanks so much thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.